As we gather here tonight, just three things that are on my mind as we look at the gospel in particular. Well, the first one is the greatest compliment. The second one is out of sight, out of mind. And the third is focusing on one thing at a time. The greatest compliment. It's a story about a soldier in um, China during, the, during World War II near Japan. And he was, became a prisoner of war. And he found a Japanese man in a cell next to him. And that particular Japanese man was for the American cause. He was a protester. They had sympathy on the American man, on the soldier, but on the Japanese man, they would just beat the living daylights out of every single day. And each day, the American soldier, who was a Christian, would offer compassion, offer words of kindness, offer the gospel. But there was one night when that particular Japanese man was beaten so badly, you could just tell he wasn't going to make it. So the American man said to him, you know, you're probably going to die tonight, but you don't need to be afraid. If you give your life to Christ, you'll be with him forever in heaven. The Japanese man said, if Jesus is anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. I can't think of a better compliment that you could ever receive from anyone. That's why it's so important for us to live the gospel. The thing is, you and I might be the only Bible somebody reads. We might be the only Christian someone ever meets. And that's why we're held to a higher standard because we have a God who calls us to live higher or to live in a manner that would be unusual, right? You look at the gospel, Jesus isn't a God who just you know, talks, talk, but he walks the walk. Just look at what he's doing in our gospel today. He tells, tells us to turn the other cheek when you're struck. We see him do that in his passion perfectly and repeatedly after times when different people would argue with him. And you look at his life as he gets closer and closer to his passion, as we, as we go through Lent in a few weeks here, he gets quieter and quieter. Because of some people, it's just not worth arguing with them. Look at those people that are hard to love. He looks at the most unlovable, right? The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the greatest sinners, and he loves them. Some people even who hated him dearly, who you, would call, you and I would consider enemies, and look at how he loves them. On the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And that means you and I have to take that up. As we, we, we consider ourselves Christians, followers of Jesus, he's showing us how to follow him. So that means you and I can't just talk the talk. We also have to walk the walk. And it's an invitation for us to pick up our cross, to deny ourselves each day. And there's opportunities to just do the hardest thing. And the hardest thing is to, first of all, I would say, let yourself be loved. Live in a world that's telling us we can't be loved, right? Or there's something wrong with you or whatever it is. But then once you accept that love and you surrender to the God of the universe, then the invitation is to go and love others. What's the hardest thing you've ever had to do? I asked this question in my Bible study this week. And some people said, oh, it was, it was these sporting events that I had to do, these, this training I had to do. It was just thinking if I had to move my family from here to there or whatever it might be. And they asked me, what about you, Father? What's the hardest thing you ever had to do? I said, it's, it's to love people. You'll never find anything harder 
than to love your enemies, to love people in their brokenness, to not give up on people. Jesus even encourages us to go the extra mile with people. And Jesus shows us how to do that in the road to Emmaus, right? So if you know after the resurrection, Jesus, he resurrects and he's walking with two people who are going in the wrong direction. That's often the call of us. We, we see so many people going in the wrong direction. They don't know there's another way to live. And we actually have to accompany them when, they, when they're going in the wrong direction. But Jesus is listening to them and they're talking and he's like, well, what, th- what things have you heard? And they're like, are you the only one who hasn't heard that Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead. And he goes through salvation history with them. He goes through all the prophets. He goes through it from Moses to, you know, all, through all, um, all the Old Testament covenants. And it said he's made known to them in that Bible study, he's made known to them in the breaking of the bread, which would be the mass. He makes himself known. And it says he disappeared from their sight, but he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. That same God will be here in just a moment. Second thing is, out of sight, out of mind. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual person. Um, I need constant reminders to be faithful. It's like my background on my phone. I have a picture of Joan of Arc. Um, I have, that's why the Newman Center looks the way it does. It's always a constant reminder to choose to love. I was with my godson Silas this past weekend and my brother Nathan. Silas is six, and Nathan always says, whatever I do, Silas just wants to do it with me. He just loves being with me. And I'm like, that's what it's like being a Christian. Like people are around you. They're going to pick up that same attitude, that your same habits. And, it's, and if we don't think we're making a difference, we're dead wrong. The devil will tell you all the time, you're not making a difference. You're not making a difference. You're not making a difference. But that's not true. Your difference does, your, your, um, your witness does make a difference. When you choose to love instead of being angry or bitter or resentful or whatever it is, that's what changes hearts. When people saw Jesus going through his passion, they couldn't find a, a, something, they, just, they knew this, they couldn't beat him. And that's what Jesus invites us to do, is, is to surrender to him. But then we need constant reminders to put him first. That's why the rosary is such a beautiful, beautiful devotion. That's why it's important to you know, have holy art up in your, in your rooms and not be ashamed of him. It's not, again, are you strong enough to follow Jesus, but are you weak enough? And if we can't see him or hear him with music or with uh, artwork, um, we just forget about him so quickly. Like so often, you, I don't know if it's ever been your case, but like sometimes when I was in college, I, I would hear the gospel, but I, I, I wouldn't apply it to my life. I had no actually application to make a change. Because I thought I could live without having sacramentals, like holy metals, holy water. And I have all these things around me just because I'm weak. I need, I need constant reminders. That's why I wear a ring as a priest, right? Because you guys are my bride. Like, you're the, you're the church. I'm, wedded to, I'm meant to wed you to God. That's why I always carry a rosary with me. Just a reminder. So if you want to take up those challenges, encourage you to think of different things you can do this week. And the last thing is, doing one thing at a time. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, right? And so often we think of all these things we want to do. We think of like, I, I want to I fast more. I want to um, get off social media. I want to, and we have like this, this basket full of stuff. My encouragement this, this, this year as we head into, into Lent, I want you to focus on, and I invite you to, focus on what's one thing you could do each week. 
most of us, we, we think like five or six, seven, eight different things we want to do for Lent, and they're all good and holy things. By the end of Lent, we're not even close to even doing those things well. We're not enduring. We're not persevering. So this Lenten season, we're just going to go through the seven deadly sins. We're going to look at one way to attack each deadly sin each week. Because I don't know about you, but like, I don't need more stuff on my plate. It's been busy. I don't know if you've been busy. And it's like, my head hurts. Like I've had headaches all week and it's just been a lot going on. And the genius of Jesus is to focus on one thing. Because if you can't do one thing well, you're not gonna be able to do two things well. If you can't do a little thing well, you're not gonna be able to do a big thing well. And by doing those little things well, that's when people are going to come to you and say, if Jesus is anything like you, I can't wait, can't wait to meet him. Our witness matters. Our following of Jesus matters. If we think it doesn't, we're dead wrong. The times that we've thought our witness doesn't matter, what we're called to do is say, we got, we got to put that on the altar and repent. And say, Jesus, I am so sorry for being focused on myself and not on you. Like most people would think what Jesus did didn't make a difference. In the eyes of the world, what Jesus did did not make a difference. But what he's doing on the cross is he's purchasing you back. He's bringing you back into relationship with the Father so you'd know whose you are and who you are, a beloved son or daughter of the Father. The Japanese man didn't know that, but it was the American soldier who heard the gospel, who accepted the gospel, who chose to love this man in his brokenness as he couldn't even get through the wall, but he offered him words of compassion, words of love. And I'm sure there was times where he was tempted to forget that beautiful story, that compliment. But again, if it's out of sight, out of mind, we just forget so quickly. That's why, again, we have crucifixes. That's why we have the Blessed Mother just to remind us, simply remind us, not out of our strength, but out of our weakness. As you head into Ash Wednesday, I just want to ask you, like, what's one thing you could do really well? You know, if you were temp- if you struggle with alcohol... Like, you wouldn't put yourself anywhere near it. If you struggle with being on social media on your phone too much, maybe it's time just to get a dumb phone and just be real. Again, it's not a sign of strength, it's a sign of weakness. But if you can't do one thing well, you're not going to be able to do two things well. And most of us, we just don't need more. We need less. So we just pray for the Holy Spirit to fall upon us. So come, Holy Spirit. Please reveal to us one thing we can do well as we prepare for Lent. Please help us turn the cheek when we are being struck. Please help us journey with those even when they're going in the wrong direction and not quit on them or ourselves. And please help us love our enemies. For if we only love those who love us, what recompense is that to us? There's nothing unusual about that. And come Holy Spirit, please reveal to us those who need the most love right now. And give us the grace to do that so that we can receive that beautiful compliment from others and give it to others. If Jesus is anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. Help us know, Holy Spirit, that what we are doing is making a difference. Amen.